0: Ladies, if you are tired of the traditional group coaching model that was right for a season, but it isn't right for now, if you are ready to have elevated conversations, ready for masterminding in the truest sense of the word, where you combine your collective wisdom and your collective intelligence and what God is speaking to your heart, if you are ready for an experience that takes your soul into account, into your life and relationships and the totality of you into account, then I want you to connect with me because God has given me the vision for a mastermind experience that is like no other, that is really going to take you to the next level in your business, in your relationships, in your life, where you can connect with some extraordinary women just like you who are ready to go all in on the vision that God has given them. An awakening is happening, and I know you're feeling it in your soul. A renaissance is happening, and it's time for you to emerge. I want you to message me. I want you to go to my website and reach out, because I really, really want to connect with you more, have a conversation, and really talk to you about this mastermind experience that is by invitation only and it'll be a select group of extraordinary women who want to go all in on what God is calling them to do. Don't wait, don't delay, because these invitations won't be available for long, and I want you to be at that table with us. Welcome to The Elevated Podcast. I'm Amy Van Slambrick, former corporate executive turned therapist and coach to high profile women and couple entrepreneurs. And we are going to have the conversations you've always wanted to have with the people you have always wanted to know. We are going to bring your life, your faith, your business, and most of all your relationships to an elevated level through conversations you've never heard before. Tune in and stay with us because it's about to get really, really elevated. Welcome. I'm Amy Van Slambrook. I'm a trauma and relationship therapist and coach, and I am on a mission to give couples and everyone looking for a relationship the help and the hope and the inspiration they need to really make it through this challenging time. And I have two people here who I know are focused on the same thing, making this year before us rather than happening to us. Welcome to the Next Level Relationship Summit, Brett and Brooke Thomas.
1: They Hello, love thank you for here. having us. Yeah,
2: we appreciate you inviting us on. This is going to be great.
0: Oh, I am so excited to have you guys here. And I wondered if we could mix it up a little bit, because I know these two have bios that literally could take us over an hour to go through. They have such an amazing story. But I wondered if you would just... Introduce each other in whatever way you really find the audience would most benefit, because I think that gives a little bit of a different look into who these incredible people are.
1: All right. Wow.
0: Who do you want to go first? You want to go
2: ladies first? Sure. Or maybe I should introduce you since you are the lady. Whatever you think. All right. (laughs) Okay.
0: So. Who is it? (laughs)
2: <laughs> My wife, Brooke Thomas, we've been married 17 years. We have two amazing daughters, Reagan, 16 years old, Riley, 13. Brooke is, um, as far as like the professional side of Brooke, she is a holistic nutritionist. She is a cancer survivor. She is a coach and a mentor to literally thousands of women. And I have personally watched thousands of women's lives change by what she does she is a faith-based business coach in addition to that and she lets uh god and and the holy spirit really just guide her and and that's that and god is her ceo i can tell you that much right now um i am um it's it's so gosh man it's i just want to keep talking about her but i mean she uh that's really like where her wheelhouse is and on top of that She's an amazing friend. She's an amazing wife. She's an amazing mom to our two daughters. I mean, it's so crazy and, and, and I'm so grateful that our daughters get to see her in action, especially over the course of the last year, because everybody's been home a little bit more, right? And so, um, so the house has kind of become the office. And so they've seen her in action. They've seen and overheard the phone calls. They've seen the impact that she's done, um, with all these thousands of women and seen the, the impact downstream, both physically for women that are here in Orange County where we live, as well as, um, across the nation. So that's Brooke Thomas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. I have to follow that. i <laughs> I was going to say, and who must this incredible guy be who's married to a woman who is so exceptional?
1: <laughs> oh, well, that was sweet. Thank you. Um, so Brett is, ooh, he's so incredible. I mean, he, so this is what's so crazy about Brett. He worked for the same company For 25 years. You never hear that anymore. So super, super brilliant, successful, and loyal. And, you know, I got to watch and be a part of his journey in his career. And just, um, you know, honesty is a big thing for me. Integrity is a big thing for me. And he's calm. He's like, you know, the opposite of me in that (laughs) way. But he actually is, you know, as wild and um, energetic as me too. Um, but he's just very like stable, calm, wise. People look to Brett, um, you know, just for, for just advice and wisdom. And he's always been that protector, not only over me, but my daughters. He was meant to be a girl dad. We've been married 17 years and, um, he literally was the first man that ever showed me what love really was. And he's never disappointed me this entire time. And of course, being married 17 years, I don't want anyone to think it's been perfect the entire time at all. We don't even use that word perfection, <laughs> but it's been a beautiful journey. And I'm grateful that we are on this journey together because he resigned a year and a half ago to work full-time with me At uh, the same time that we decided to move our kids and our family from the East Coast to the West Coast. And oh gosh. we probably, that's why we have <laughs> pastors, therapists, and church and everything that fuels us to keep going because we had a lot of surprises the last year and a half that we were not expecting. However, um, it has also made us, you know, stronger together and just more deep, wise, and Probably appreciate each other a lot more too. So he's incredible. And I can't say enough about him and his character. So that means a lot to me. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, the love that you two have and admiration for you two, that you share for each other is really rare. And I think it's, it's incredible. And I know that it hasn't just Come easily, you know, you both are, we're the three of us are all about aging in reverse. That much I know. And you guys look amazing and, and have this beautiful life and so much inner joy that I know comes from a lot of places, including from your faith and your relationship with the Lord. And yet I know that behind the scenes, you know, people may see this just fantastic, energetic, loving couple. And it's so easy to think, wow, that that just happened. You know, it must have always been that way for them. Or they've gotten here and they really haven't had a lot of struggle. And I know neither of those things are true because your devotion and admiration for each other has been built on a road that really has taken you through a lot of life. So I wondered if you could just share with our audience some of your journey and some of the really incredible challenges that you have not only overcome but you've used them now to make you stronger as a unit and to impact globally. I mean, you re- you really do impact the globe together, which is which is amazing.
1: Wow, where do we start? I think cancer
2: is a great
0: place to yeah. start.
1: I would say that's, that was probably the first time that we experienced, um, you know, that, 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 that pain of like, what if, you know, we were married not that long. About a year. Yeah. Cause it was, it was almost 17 years ago because I was, uh, 26 years old, pregnant with our oldest daughter that just turned 16. So it was about 17 years ago and we got married 17. I mean, we, so it was like, I think we, I think I got Pregnant six months after we got married. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so and I want to point out what she just said is important in this story. And she's probably going to say this, but I want to make sure people hear it twice, mm-hmm. uh, if not three times. The girl that just turned 16 about two months ago, who's now on a flight to go see his friends in Denver right now, is not supposed to be here if we listen to the doctors. I'll just say that much.
1: Great. Now you're really going to make me cry again. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I was 26, newly married got pregnant, you know, six months later, we, we like wanted to get this going. I'm like, let's have some babies. We had been (laughs) dating for a while. And, um, and yeah, I mean, being 26, thinking I was healthy, um, looked healthy, thought I was healthy, came from a holistic, you know, chiropractic functional medicine, doctor family. Um, and then I found out in my first trimester that I had stage three melanoma, and it was spreading hard and fast and they wanted me to have chemotherapy abort the baby and so that was the first moment that the honeymoon phase of you know we have the our life ahead of us and we're having a baby you know you just have to kind of deal with some crazy things and that was the first time i would say that that actually brought us so close together that there was not actually any traumatic um negativity between us on making decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, we literally knew the right decision right away and we agreed and it brought us closer together. And I made the decision, we made the decision, um, to get the cancer cut out instead. And, um, with
2: no anesthetic, by the way, you couldn't
1: use that sentence, but yeah. Yeah, no anesthetic because I was in my first trimester of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. They can't be liable for anesthesia to go to the baby in your first trimester. It's the most important time. So on my side, 50 stitches later, no anesthetic. They gave me a little bit of topical lidocaine, but that doesn't do anything when you're getting cauterized and cut open in 50 stitches. And really when we came together was, you know, there's so much that comes up from a traumatic experience like that. You, You know, I was the type like, just deal with it, get through it. Let's you know, I'm focused on the baby. I'm focused on the future. Let's just like get this done and not talk about it and move on. (laughs) And that was my 26 year old self. I'm 43 now. So, you know, that was the beginning of God going, okay, let's just see if that works for you this time. And so that was probably the beginning of just like understanding that there was so much to uncover of past pain, shame, things that, you know, you just cover up and you move on because it hurts too much. And this one, I could not escape. This one was a constant reminder every day because it was on my side. And the 50 stitches on my side it was interesting the way, you know, my the stomach started to grow forward. So all of those stitches on the side and that scar just throughout my entire pregnancy would stretch keloid, everything that you could possibly imagine that you don't want to have happen to a scar or stitches would happen was happening. And So good that Brett was in medical sales because he had all the, all the fixings to like try to help. And he was so comforting and loving and kind and just took care of me. Um, But it, you know, it was, (laughs) it was crazy. Like to think back at that time. And I just remember as a woman back then being newly married, I was, I grew up in South Florida. I was more concerned about what my body was going to look like. The scar, it looked like a shark attack at the end of this pregnancy. Um, it was so big and hot pink and keloided. And I tell you that because who cares? Who cares about the scars? Like, you know, he didn't care. And I learned to be like, that's not important. Life is important. And that was a really early on journey that we took that I think really bonded us to understand what's important for me to be woken up as a, you know 26 year old girl to to say what really is important does he really love you for you or does he love you for other reasons you know and so that probably was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me and for me because it created a journey for years to come that created so much more healing and appreciation for life for everything and so i don't know what you would want to add to that but kind of like you could talk about that story yeah, for a couple Yeah, I could go on a long time. Three hours. Yeah. I
2: would say that's that's definitely the 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 longing lasting impactful thing that uh, happened for us. You know, mm-hmm. they probably thought it happened to us back then, but it happened for us and for for Brooke. and She's really taken that and catapulted and impacted so many people from that too.
0: Yeah, you know, and and I think just um just what that does to a couple early on in your relationship is, um, is really not something that can be fabricated. You know, I say when we have trauma, it's like a, a notch in a sapling tree. Everything after that grows around it, you know, and, and you can either use that to serve you in your growth or you can use it to be an impediment. And what occurs to me, and I, I know that you guys both talk about this a lot, but I really want to call it out for our audience is that the, the fortitude and the energy that you had to not only make it through that time, but make it into something beautiful, took a real mindset shift and a heart shift and a soul shift. And I think not only did you guys seem to do that separately, but you must have really created a joint mindset. And heart set for how you are going to go forward, because it certainly would have been easy to all these years later, 16 years later, be focusing more on the scar and, and the pain and, and all of that versus what you are, which is what beautifully was created as a result, including your beautiful daughter. Um, but also just the shift that you've made. In, in the way you think about one another, your marriage and life in general. So how would you describe your your joint mindset? Because I think people need that right now.
1: I, I mean, I'll let you take this. This is something that we I'm grateful we've always been on the same page with and supporting yeah. each other with.
2: Yeah, I mean, we... I mean, I know God brought us together for so many reasons and a similar like mindset in so many areas is another great example of how I'm confirmed with that all the time. Um, And that goes from the way we uh, agree to raise our kids, the way we handle relationships, relationships. Um, you know yeah like everything from nutrition to to fitness to how now we're we're um, managing managing business together
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, so yeah it's 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 been super helpful that we aren't and, we, and we're not like disjointed right we do have a similar mindset in so many ways although um, we are very very different people right yeah. I mean Brooke and she didn't really understand this. And I used to tell her this all the time. And I think this is also like a testament of, of how you raise your kids, what you speak into them and over them has an impact to them and like a massive downstream effect, how they grow up and the young adults and then the adults that they can become unless they, um, you know, unless they can pivot. But you know, I think she was led to believe that she was not a creative and she was like mm-hmm. stifled a little bit as a, as a young girl, but she is a creative. She's massively creative. And so, but that's not me, right? I'm a little bit more linear and like numbers driven. And so those two attributes in business mm-hmm. and life and everything, they kind of complement each other. And that's one thing, been a good thing in terms of like, like mindset is dissimilar similar mindset in terms of how we look at things. Cause we, kind of got together when we started realizing, hey, we want to work together, whatever that's going to look like. Let's figure out what you like, what I don't like. And hopefully those two things can kind of mirror each other, right? What your strengths are, or maybe not what mine are. And that's actually um, had a lot of fruit that's come out of that. And so, um, But yeah, overall, very like mindset in terms of the global picture, in terms of how we look at life and kids and relationships and family.
1: Yeah, And I think also just like not having to convince each other Mm-hmm. To to bring like to bring him to my, you know, you hear a lot of times. I know this is rare, but you he, like it's rare for us to be the way we are because I've never had to ask Brett to do something that he's like, oh, I don't really want to do that, but I'll do it for you. You know, you hear these stories about I feel like I, I always hear stories about like women that have like um hobbies like gardening and the husband's like, I don't really want to garden, but I'll do it for her. And like he wants to golf. And she doesn't like golfing, but she'll do it for him. And I was always like, that sounds miserable. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want, I mean, I would do like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, we've always, we really do like a lot, mostly the same things and anything that I'm kind of independent with or anything he's independent with, we've always been super supportive, but not like, Hey, I need you to do this because it's, I like it and you don't, Mm -hmm. I think that has really helped our marriage. Um, because we just support each other. And I've always told women and he's always told men, like, if you could just support your spouse and let them fly and love them and like support them, it's amazing what you can create. And he's always, I mean, I didn't, he always had a great career and I didn't have to work. I didn't have to create anything back in the day. I didn't, you know, but he was always so supportive because I always wanted to create something I wanted to work. I wanted to do things that were meaningful and long lasting and made an impact in this world. And he never said, well, no, your job is this, or I don't want you to do that. He really let that creativity your, your job is to clean toilet. Yeah. <laughs> we did have a rule. <laughs> I, okay. I'll just tell you, we had a, like not a rule, but I'm just all about communication. And I just really wanted to set the record straight. Like when we got married, I'm like, you know, I just want to be honest, like I don't want to turn into Betty Crocker or a housekeeper for you. Are you expecting that? Because, you know, I'd rather work and and delegate certain things that I don't really want to do. And I just want to be upfront right away because, you know, you you never know. And he's like, I don't want to clean a toilet either. I was like, I really don't want to clean toilets. And it was just setting the stage for like being like, not that I'm below it, I, you know, I'm not below anything, but setting the standard of like, what do you expect my roles and responsibilities to be as a wife? I want to make sure we're in alignment. And he was very much like, well, what do you expect? And I just want you to be happy and do you. And I, and we've talked a lot over the years, 17 years being married, our roles have constantly changed. Sometimes he's home cooking and driving the kids to school during certain seasons of our life. And sometimes. You know, he used to travel with work and I was home cooking and taking the kids to school. Sometimes it's both. And that was always okay with us. And I think that that has helped our marriage. We've never had a traditional, traditional, whatever that is nowadays, marriage. And that's really worked for us. And we help other couples to walk through like roles and responsibilities because we have found that so many women and men get so bitter and angry about what they think they have to do and nobody told them they had to do that. They're just doing it because their moms did it or their dads did it and nobody discussed the fact that like he didn't say you had to be the cook, the you know, the maid and the mom and the businesswoman. You're saying that. So that has been really powerful for us to say, okay, hey, we're in a new season. Let's go back to our roles and responsibilities and then delegation. We're big on delegating to the kids, delegating, okay, you know, we'll 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 map out, um, okay, if it's going to cost, you know, a housekeeper or somebody to pick up, Scooperman picks up the dog's poop. Okay, how $20 a week? Can we make $20, you know, a week extra so that we don't have to be out there picking up poop and complaining that it smells and that I'm in the middle of a call and someone stepped in poop? You know, I'm just saying like those are the things that we've always done and they've just worked for us. We find that so many couples, get so irritated and frustrated and bitter over years of doing things that they never were, they never like were meant to do or didn't want to do. And that's where we just believe in enjoying your life and living your life, you know, as long as you both are in agreement, and it's not always perfect. So yeah, so that's just thought I'd add that.
0: Oh, that is so powerful, because they may seem like, You know, mundane things or everyday things, but those, like you said, turn into these enormous resentments. You know, when I sit with couples, we talk about some of those foundational elements like roles and responsibilities, a vision and a mission, you know, and having a financial plan. And those are the reasons when you see people on the verge of divorce, they have pent up so much frustration and they don't feel seen, they don't feel acknowledged because we know marriage isn't in but you don't get a handbook or at least the you know most couples don't get a handbook you know you ought to i think you ought to have a lot of preparation but i love how intentional you guys have been and how mindful and also you know the fact that really marriage is about allowing each other's individuality and and personality to bloom to be as full as they want it to be. And yet so many times people feel strangled or constrained and like they can't do that. But I love the fact that you guys truly have allowed each other to expand into the fullness of who God made them. And you celebrate that about, about each other rather than lament the fact that, well, why aren't you doing what you did when we were first married, whether it was cleaning toilets, or whether it was doing all the grocery shopping, or if it was the one being the breadwinner. But how would you really suggest that couples or people even you know, looking for a relationship really set themselves up for success when it comes to allowing for that expansion and flexibility? I know, Brett, that there's some structural term for that, where you have something that allows for expansion and contraction and agility. Um, But it really is what I believe God created marriage to be.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I I mean, I think you got to come into the marriage or come into the relationship with very open communication and honest communication, because the last thing you want to do is have 50% of what you really want out of that relationship and hold that back. And then it comes out five years later or or 10 years later. Right. So, um, you know, I think true, like if you're talking about like, was your question really like, like before you get into the marriage part, like like before you enter into a marriage?
0: Well, or even as people are early in their marriage, you know, or realizing, Oh my gosh, we don't have these things in place and we didn't really realize we needed them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a massive believer in um Christian therapy, Christian counseling, pastoral counseling, and very open communication. Right, because essentially it's like a coach, like right. Okay, I mean, the every every amazing player, you know, Kobe Bryant for example, when he was alive, he still had a coach. Every amazing player, regardless of whatever you're doing, if you're in business, if you're in marriage, if you're in whatever sports, you need a coach. And so we're big believers in that. And I think the earlier you can do that, the better off you're going to be. And our feeling, I'll speak for you. Mm-hmm. Our feeling is if if you can have a Christian um, pastor, counselor, therapist, mm-hmm. it's a that's that's our lane of traffic that we stay in. We talk to someone every week and it's always been extremely helpful um, for so many reasons, sounding board or advice or or or. Yes. Um, and so I think that's a great way to start versus waiting 10, 15, 20 years later and then, oh wow, we got to make up for all that lost time because we didn't have anybody to talk to. And now I have all this pent-up frustration and and and, right? And So that's one of the biggest things that I would advise people. Okay.
0: I love that. You know, and it isn't it isn't ever too late. I want people to realize that even if you are 15 years down the road, you can always adjust as long as you make the decision together. And so, you know, I know that I could talk with you guys forever and I really want to respect your time. And so before we let the audience know how they can get more of the, the Thomas amazingness, um, I have two questions that I'm asking all of our guests. The first one is who taught you to love? And the second is how do you define a legendary love story?
2: Which
1: one
0: do you want to take? Do we each take one? Nope, you each can answer. Everybody's answering both, but whatever you guys want to do, I'm up for it. So,
1: who taught you to love? That's easy. It was Brett. Honestly, truly, like I probably didn't understand what real love was until I met Brett at like 24 years old. And that's the truth.
2: Yeah. And I can honestly tell you that Brooke did teach me how to love too. Oh,
1: you're trying to cut of No, that's
2: true. I mean, it's an easy answer. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my mom or, you know, whatever. But no, it, I mean, she taught me how to love. She's like, she is um, selfless and she's always looking out for other people. And she's really, um, she's really taught me how to love. Um, I wasn't really taught that, taught that growing up. I can just tell you. I had great parents, you know, great people, but I wasn't really taught that. And yes, I mean, um, like walking through your identity, even regardless if you're 15 or 75, I mean, God as your CEO and your identity is always where you got to be in terms of like understanding what true love is, as sons and daughters of the living God. But this woman right here, she definitely taught me how to do it.
0: That is just beautiful, you guys. That is just beautiful.
1: And it's probably different than what most people say, because, you know, I think that God did bring us together because we didn't know that love from, you know, parents and the way that we desired. And that's probably why we Mm -hmm. are so strong in our faith. And we understand God's love so much now, but it's always harder when you don't have that father's love that you crave. And so that was something we both went through together. And that's why we feel so strong and passionate and excited about being parents to daughters and why we always talk the way we do and always try to be um, optimistic and, and talk about the bright side of life because we, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of know what the opposite is. So why would we go there? And that's why even going through this pandemic and, you mm-hmm. know, when everybody else wants to complain about things, we kind of take the other angle because if you've experienced, you know, any kind of, again, trauma, not being loved, or sadness, or cancer, or any of these things that are dark instead of light. And you actually have been rescued from that because you know the Lord, like, I mean, the Holy Spirit, Jesus has rescued us. Mm -hmm. And we believe that God sent a Savior for a reason, because we all need to be rescued. And so when we walked through that together, and we were able to be set free from that, to me, that's a true love story, I think that was your second question about what is a true love story? Is that what was the second question? A legendary
0: love story. yes. (laughs) So to me,
1: you know, that's what it means to me that Mm -hmm. like, we actually didn't understand, you know, what it was really like to be unconditionally loved by your creator. Like someone, you know, like God created each of us and we all have everyone everywhere gets to be rescued from shame pain not feeling loved and gets to lay in your heavenly father's arm at any arms at any moment and be rescued from pain shame all of that that to me has been like the love story that is why I mean I know sometimes it might be hard for people to absorb like is that for real Do are they really all? that's just for them like (laughs) we're always as raw and real as you know As as we can do. Yeah, we don't
2: always get along. I mean, (laughs) yeah, definitely not.
1: But inviting the Holy Spirit in, praying every morning together, inviting God into the atmosphere, putting on, you know, worship music throughout the house. We do believe you can create the atmosphere that you want. We believe you can change your atmosphere in a moment. We don't believe you have to hang on to darkness, fear, overwhelm, self doubt in a moment. It can shift not through our own ability, but through the Holy Spirit, through calling on something higher. And we only believe there's no counterfeit to that. Like we believe in the only power, the only God. We believe in Jesus. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and there's any, everything else is second to that, like second power. So when we say that, I always want to be really clear, and that's just you know what we have we've we've gone through, and that's why we talk about it so excitedly or so passionately because we understand what it's like to not have that. So that's, that's so, the, the legendary little so I, story for me.
2: And I'll, I'll, I'll add the, uh, this, the, um, the little small addition to that. So yes. whatever she said it was true, <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. But in addition to that, my version of that as well is I want our kids to be the legacy that we leave. And I want to be mm-hmm. able to, like we talk about all the time, break any curse that's been like passed down, any negative thing that's been passed down that we could potentially take into our kids and our kids and their kids. Because I mean, I think a big job that we have as parents and as believers is we have to understand whatever you know you want to call it curses or um, you know things that have been passed down from your parents or your grandparents, whatever, and that could be anything from you know. Depression, alcoholism, drug abuse, whatever, which doesn't really exist in our family, fortunately. But we just want to build a legacy and have our kids just be so much better than we are. And then our job, our 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 hope and our our goal is, and you know, led by led led by the Holy Spirit, and have our kids, kids, you know, our grandkids, and then our great grandkids to be so much better than the generation before them. Because I think that's where the legacy, and that's the that's the. Um, well, that, that, the 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 what do you call it? the the amazing love story? I mean, yeah. that's legendary. The legendary love story. That's, that's
1: actually good. Legend.
2: Yeah, legendary love story to be able to pass that down from generation mm-hmm. to generation. And Every generation that you know, like that started with us, it, uh, you know, downstream gets better and better and better every single time. Every single time. So that's that's my version. In addition to what she said. Thank you.
0: That is just, that beautiful. talk about powerful. I think all of us are going to need to re-listen to this about five times because you have just packed in so much wisdom. And, you know, there is such intention and humility, I think, and in, in your desire to just be your best and to not focus just on yourself, but to focus on the other person. And also, of course, just representing Jesus to each other. And, and really being that, living that out. And so you guys are absolutely incredible. I know that people are going to want lots, lots more of both of you. And so where where's the best place for people to find you and, and connect with all of this?
1: Well, I'll start first because mine's probably a little longer list. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, BrookeThomas.com is my website where you can kind of find everything. If you're on Instagram, it's Live Out Loud Brooke. If you're on Facebook, it's Live Out Loud Tribe or Live Out Loud with Brooke Thomas. Um and then Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse. Yay. So you're on Clubhouse. I'm on Clubhouse. And where else can they find you?
2: Okay. Um I'm not as active on social. I haven't really had a reason to. Corporately, uh, they were kind of advised, they always advise us not to. So I'm gradually getting over in that space. So uh Brett C Thomas 1 on Instagram you can find me on LinkedIn under my name Brett Thomas or Brett C Thomas in Clubhouse or you can let me up on Facebook under Brett Thomas as well so all four platforms
1: we're always attached so where he is I'm, just, I, I'm not on Twitter Yeah I'm not on Twitter either <laughs> I I don't think I can talk in like five words that that's why I can't Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thank there you are, so
0: much, Amy. Oh, you guys, and I can, as a personal member of Brooke's Facebook community, it is incredible. It's like the best little place of heaven on earth in the midst of all the Facebook craziness. And so, go there, find these guys. They have so much to offer you and so much to pour into you that is just invaluable. And so, thank you so much. I am so honored by you guys being a part of this and. Everybody who is listening and watching, watch this again, connect with them again, um, because these guys are really the real deal. And you are going to continue to get this kind of exceptional content and wisdom from them every time you connect. So thank you guys so much.
1: Thank you so much for having us, Amy. You're incredible.
0: Thank
1: you.
2: you. Yes, we do.
0: Thanks for listening to The Elevated Podcast. You can find out more about me and the amazing guests on our show on my website, amyvanslambrook.com. And if you have a moment, we'd love to hear your honest review of the show because nothing lights my day up more than seeing your comments, your questions, your aha moments, because that's what this is all about. We want to elevate your thinking so you can elevate your life.